podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. We might not have known who Kyogo Furuhashi was when he signed for Celtic back on the 16th of July this year, but we certainly know who he is now, as our Japanese superstar scored his 15th and 16th goals of the season to clinch the Scottish League Cup on a memorable day at Hamden. The victory sees Ange Postacoglu lift his first silverware for Celtic and can signal the start of a very special time for the club. This is episode 50 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. This is Tino, and this week I'm joined by Miff and Parry to cover all things Celtic. Miff, a big day at Hamden for all involved. What do you think this win means to Ange and his players? Hi Tino, hi Paddy, hello listeners um, well, I, I think it means everything It's a, it's basic justification of the the style that Ange has wanted to play And I think it gives him even more credence with the players More than anything else Because what he's shown the players is You come and do what I'm asking you to do Play the way I'm asking you to play You're going to be successful So um, I think also from the, the pressure point of view um, It just releases the pressure valve on him a bit Buys him a bit more time to implement what he has to implement, you know, I think we would all have taken any success, any sort of success this season, and he's achieved that um, first bite at the cherry. That said, it then leads you, you get greedy, don't you, when you're successful, because you just want more, so it's probably in, in other ways created a bit of pressure for him, but all in all, I think it just absolutely validates him and confirms to us as fans that he is what what we really, really wanted him to be, and that is a guy that's going to come in and and lead us to success. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Paddy, it was a narrow win in the end, obviously 2-1, but do you think over the piece the result was a, a fair one? Um, I, I, I do. I think uh, I don't think we were at our best yesterday, um, but I don't think Hibs really done much um, against us as well. Um, I think that over the, the course of the 90 minutes, we, we sh- probably should have went on to have won, won the game. Um I do think no going going behind was really just the rocket up the backside that we needed, uh, and and obviously what what a response. Um, but yeah, definitely worthy winners, and actually been a very good tournament from us again uh, in the league cup, and you know a very important one if we go for the treble this year. Yeah, no doubt. So what we'll do first of all today, we'll we'll take a look at the game against Hibs itself and some of the key talking points before we'll then take a a broader look at Ange and the journey he and his players have been on this season so far. So obviously the big news pre-match, of course, was that Kyogo was going to start and obviously that was seen as a bit of a gamble, you know, given that he hobbled off against Betis just a couple of weeks ago. Have you ever seen a gamble pay off quite so much as that? No, and I I mean, the the first half was so so turgid, well, not turgid, but, but a lot of possession but going nowhere yeah. you know and, and by the way we've seen games like that this season especially at home um, keeping the ball for keeping the ball's sake not a lot of, I don't know penetration or creativity but Kyogo just is that player that you know you watch those two goals it's completely instinctive it's almost like his brain is just wired to go into that sort of assassin mode when he's got the when he's got the chance it's just Bang, 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 the touch, turn, finish. So calm. Mm-hmm. You've just went a goal down. Place has gone mental. Opposition fans are trying to smoke you at the, the stadium. <laughs> and he's just plucked the ball for the air. Turned. Beautiful finish. For what I hear, Big Portis is still running about looking for him at Hamden. Um, <laughs> and then the second, just a wee glance, hitting the ball on the up. He's not waiting for it to come down. He's hitting the ball on the up. 
beautiful cushioned finish. Just the way it hits the net without bouncing everything about it. It's just, you know, the, the, the way the stadium looked in the atmosphere, the fans in the background, everything about it. It's just phenomenal. Just, what a day. What a day. It was magic. Paddy, do you think Kyogo's the best striker we've had since, dare I say it, I'll be in a yeti? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's nowhere, nowhere near the big man. <laughs> Not reached those levels yet. No, no, my bet's still going, you know. So <laughs> remember that. Um, I, listen, uh, I think we're all thinking in our head you're going to see Henrik Larson there, and you know that finish yesterday I, I put on Twitter was Larson-esque. Um, just the the quality of it, just the the composure, and like you say, it's that wee glance, and and it's the technique, it's the technique, just to kind of. Wrap, wrap his foot around it and not put too much on it and I'm a big fan of it hitting the net straight away as well I don't want to bounce into the net no, it was just ah, oh, that great goal it just tells you it's it's perfect yeah. that's what it tells you it, look, a goal's a goal I get that right but you know being a, a former um, deadly striker myself <laughs> the fact that you're in those positions you used to say you're a deadly winger but, but I was a utility man right. and um, <laughs> the fact that you, you know and bearing in mind big Macy's what 6-7 Ah, you know, so if if you've automatically got it in your brain, I'm lobbing him. You know, you're, it's going to be good. Right. Um, but interestingly enough, just about the point that you made, um, obviously substituting Ajayi's name for Larson, I put that very question on the boys' group chat last night, mm -hmm. and the immediate kickback was Dembele was better, and possibly Hooper. Now that wasn't for me. He'll be surprised to know because I I, I actually think Kyogo's. He's the best since Larson, is my opinion. Yeah. I've seen somebody put a similar poll or talking point out on Twitter and somebody just replied in the back of it saying, regardless if he is or not, the fact that we're talking about it so soon into his time at Celtic is just a very well, good well, thing. That, that's kind of my point, is mm. that impact-wise, I don't think I've ever known one striker of so much an effect on how the team plays since Larson. If Kyogo's not in the team, and that's probably more a reflection of the lack of depth in the squad rather than Kyogo, but he is just so pivotal if he does not play through the middle we're just not anywhere near as good so see see the service that larson had over the years um i think we're still kind of to find that kind of settle down a bit with our team i think once you're going to get those players i mean like because yesterday you, you look at you look at our like wing wing options yesterday it's not it's not the finish article yet and even the players coming through the middle but yesterday what i thought was great was you'd big tam and mcgregor Finally, two players that were actually finally reading every run that he made, and you watch how quickly he moves off the ball. It's very hard for it for for linesmen to actually keep up with him. But obviously, both the goals yesterday were a mile on side. But it's his movement. His movement's ridiculous off the ball. That's an interesting point you make there, Paddy. Because Rogic and McGregor have went a few games without him mm -hmm. being there, mm -hmm. and probably looked up and seen you know Turnbull. Doing his kind of like tin man back towards the ball now. <laughs> Whereas they've probably thought we've just missed him there and they've just instinctively dinked those balls in areas where yeah. they probably wouldn't play that pass. Yeah. Fair yeah. to say. And they've pr it's probably been the few games they've missed him that, that much yeah. and seen that, that wee buzz bomb just up front making those runs into the channels and they've just thought, you know, I'm just going to take every chance I can get to, yeah. to try and play him in. And, it, you know, it's, it's paying off. How many times have you come away for a game at Celtic Park and went, just if somebody could have just spotted that, he's made that in and out run, he just does it so often that you take it for granted and probably the players have done yeah. at times too and they just made sure that they found him yesterday yeah. and, and fair play to McGregor and Rogic for playing balls which at the time were gambles comparative to easier options they had on yeah. at the time. I think you're right, you know, Kugo 
we'll rightfully take all the, the plaudits, you know, it'll, it'll be the Kyogo final or, or words to that effect when we talk about this in years to come. But real credit to Rodic and McGregor for two quality assists. Mm. They've both just glanced up and they've not, you know, had to find Kyogo at feet as such. They've just found an area. They've just clipped it in an area and he deals with the rest. And I think it's... There's actually a, a genuine shout to ask which is the better goal. They're both oh, fantastic. The, t- the touch, the touch for the first goal, but it's just sublime. Yeah. It was frightening. Absolutely sublime. Yeah. So out with Kyogo, the other notable decision pre-match was obviously to start Mikey Johnson, who had been struggling, and Tony Ralston missed out after his midweek heroics against Ross County. Paddy, the result obviously tells you that these were justified calls in the end. But pre-match, were you happy enough when you seen the team come out? Yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, we're slim picking still for, for like uh, the winger option with no Jota and. Uh, James Forrest as well so I'm kind of just of the opinion that you just go with those players that are natural in their position um, I thought Johnson actually had a decent game um, obviously the, the guy still seems fairly short of confidence um, in certain parts but when we got the equaliser there was a couple of uh, runs into the box from him and you could see that the confidence was starting to grow a wee bit from him um, some good defender for Hibs at certain points against him but I thought that he'd done more yesterday to be justified if he had a poor game or a good game than what Abada gave. I thought Abada was very quiet yesterday um, at, at certain points of the game. Was With Johnston, I just think it's a... We've said it many times on this. It's a, it's a confidence thing. The more he gets the exposure to the first team, the more he gets the, the runs, run, of, run of games. If he gets a goal, if he gets an assist, which he has done, um, it, it, can, it can only get better, in my opinion. Um, I still do think there is a talent there. I just think the guy needs somebody just basically at the side of the park telling him that he's he's the best player in the world. It could be you, Tino, could do this. Uh, just walk down the line, walk down the byline with him the full game, just I, let him know I'm there for you. Happily take on that role, Paddy. <laughs> but I think he's he's got no better coach than Ange as well. Ange oh. clearly gets something extra out of players and we've seen this, this lift that he's given guys and he's definitely this father figure in the dressing room as well and I think Johnson's going to improve there I think you're right Paddy I'm not going to go on about how much I'm a fan of Mikey Johnson but he just needs one sure? of those <laughs> he just needs one of those efforts to hit the back of the net and that could you know release a lot of the strain on him he had a great effort where he cut in from the left hand yeah. side at one point got it within range and just kind of fizzed it just a bit by the post I think whilst we're limited in options I think it's quite notable even if Johnson's on the bench he's, he's normally one of Angie's first choices to, to go on the in the park yeah. so I, I think by virtue of the fact he's, he's been kept involved he, he should be taking confidence from that yeah. you know he probably knows he's not going to be a starter when we've got a full complement um, of forwards to pick from the, the point regarding Abada I, I've just kind of made my peace with Abada that he isn't going to be this sort of tricky winger that's going to pick the ball up drive 40 yards beat players and, and score goals he's, He's going to be the type of winger that just comes in off the, the wing and seems to pop up in the, the right place to, to get you a mm-hmm. goal every now and then. Or by his pressing and his enthusiasm, he's going to win you the ball high up the park and probably win you goals that way or help you create goals that way. Yeah. That just seems to be where a bad is at just now. He's only 19. 20. Um, he's, oh, in fact, I was just his birthday. I forgot to send him a card. Um, <laughs> so the you, you look at that and you say, right, well, that's fine the now but you're just hoping to see that development come in time. I think we have, in, in some ways, thrown him in at the deep end and asked him to kind of perform yeah. probably more often than we would have liked it at the start. But he's, he's, he's done that. I think I think he's acquitted himself well. But I agree. I think sometimes it gets a wee bit of an easier ride than, say, Johnson, who's a homegrown talent, comes in and it's all Mikey. Whereas Johnson did try yesterday, tried mm-hmm. to make things mm-hmm. happen. And, and for a winger, that's all you can do, get on the ball, 
use your skill and, and, and try and do the right thing. Um, just interesting, you need to remember, you know, ultimately that that 11 that's been picked and then the subs that have come on, they've just won as a trophy, you know, the context that they've just won as a trophy on the back of a horrendous season for a player like Johnson, who would have been carrying the, the baggage of that, mm-hmm. guys like Beaton, McGregor, um, Welsh, that must have just been huge yesterday, absolutely huge, and I'm I'm just so delighted for him um, because one of the one of the turns of phrases that everybody's been using is leave it to those who are, are willing. These are the guys that we've got. These are yeah. the guys that have stayed. Whatever you think of Mikey Johnson, um, whether you rate him, whether you don't. He's done his bit yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll go back to the game just to talk about, obviously, some of the key moments. And despite our first half dominance, it was Hibs that took the lead. Uh, Paul Hanlon, ultimately, I think, showing a bit more desire than Starfelt from yep. the corner. Yep. Um, what was your take on the goal, Paddy? Yeah, um, I haven't watched the back. It's you're, you're spot on. Do you know, I think it is just more. I, he wanted to win the ball more. Um, I think a couple of occasions yesterday, Starfelt just was a bit, you know, on his heels uh, more than anything. Um, we know there's a, a capably like, very strong defender there, I think, especially with big uh, Carter Vickers. The two of them have got a very good understanding of each other. Um, he's just had an off day. I just think he was, I don't know, they maybe caught up in the occasion. I'm not entirely sure. Just not one of his best games yesterday. Yeah. I think as well, like with defensively, he's had two real chances. I've watched them back today now. Two real chances in each half just coming in. One was a corner, I'm not sure the second one. And he should have done a lot better. He's missed target with both of them. Yep, absolutely. And I think just to go on the point that, that Paddy made, he mentioned Carter Vickers there. I think Carter, for, for as poor as Starfield was, I felt Carter Vickers almost kind of made up for that. I think yeah. that, that's how a commanding a presence he was at the back. Um, Starfield, since he's came, for me, has had a lot of opportunities in the opposition box. Um, you know, kind of almost free headers, attacking at pace. He probably should have a four or five goals to his, um, to his tally already in his, his Celtic career um, but first and foremost you're, you're wanting him keeping them out at the back and yeah. I, I just think there's just that wee rick in him that wee element of fragility which I do think opposition uh, players are, are more than aware of you can see the way that they rush to, to press him it's, it's becoming a, a theme now and he does seem to get a wee bit, a wee bit panicky even just how he's clearing the ball using his body to shield the ball and, and, and things like that. But listen, again, this is where we need to put our trust in the, the management and the coaching team to work with him, just to improve him, make him better. There, there's other times, especially when we've been under pressure, he's defended really, really well. I think he's done enough to kind of justify a bit of faith from all of us. Oh, yeah. That's my opinion on him. 100%. And I say yesterday, like I, I do think that's a one-off. I really do. And I think that you're guiding yourself through the, the 90 minutes of that. You go one nothing down, took real character for the team just to bounce back the way they did. And what you're kind of starting to see here as well, the amount of players we brought in over the summer, not all of them are coming from winning mentality backgrounds, you know. Celtic, are obviously, you you like to think that the, the, the team breeds winners um, with the, the young players that come through into our team. But you look at the players that we bring in, I don't know if Starfelt has won anything in his career, I'm not entirely sure. I need to check that out, but... With winning as a team, a new team, getting together the way they have been, you're kind of hoping now that they start seeing what it's all about and, and what a magical feeling it is with the fans and the players to go on and win trophies. I just think that get we've, we've got this first one under the belt now. They've got a taste for it. And that, yep. that's hopefully where you start to see them get a bit more confidence and see the chances of talking about the goals. 
it's then becoming a bit more killer in front of goal yep. and realising that you are the better player than who you're up against and he starts taking them. Yeah. I think that starts to happen with things like that. Yeah, I think you might well be right. I mean, just going back to the goal, obviously, um, at that point, as mentioned, we've dominated the game, but we've not had a goal to show for it. And then I think it was 51 minutes they've scored. Did you feel the worst at the time, Miffin? Is it a, an ongoing concern that we're conceding similar goals to this at the moment? I, I did fear the worst only, only because Hibs had done so little in the game up to that point. I felt, oh, you know, don't tell me we're going to manage to get ourselves beaten here after being fairly comfortable, I think it was fair to say. Um, however, as Paddy says, all credit to the, to the players because as much as you praise the, the manager for instilling a mentality in the team and a belief in the team, you're you're one nil down a cup final with 50, 51 minutes gone. It's only the players that can do anything about that, really. Mm-hmm. As great as the manager might be and as motivated as the players might be due to the manager, they're the ones out in the park that actually need to do it. Yeah. You know, you need to close players down, you need to win the ball, you need to tackle, you need you need to stay positive and, and creative. And I think just to get the goal so quickly was was just that was that was the key. Yeah, I'm gonna make a point on the goal. So you're right in what you're saying in terms of, you know, fifty one minutes in, forty odd minutes to go, and you can't directly influence what happens at that point, you know, it's over to the players. However, I don't know if any of you lads seen the, the clip doing the rounds of Ryan McGowan, ex Hearts uh, in Australia. Yep, yep. Played under Ange for the Socceroos. I think he's now at Sydney FC. Basically, there's a, a really interesting video in which he talks about Ange's principles, or the very deliberate principle of attacking immediately from kickoff. Whether that's the start of a game, start of a second half, or like against Tibbs just after you concede a goal. We all know how frequent it happens that somebody scores and immediately loses. We've done it a lot last year ourselves, actually. Um, and you can see what happens. So, in terms of if you play the goal back, I think Rodic pops it back, it goes out to left, all of a sudden it's McGregor, he clips it into Kyogo, and the rest is history. So yes, Ange can't influence that on the 52nd minute, but it's actually his principles and his coaching that leads to that. No, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm not taking anything away from that, I'm just saying that the players have to execute it. Yeah, of course. And you have to have a certain mentality about you to be yeah. able to go and do that under, you know, extreme pressure, which is what the Celtic Post were under at that point. Um, after the... The horror of last season, a lot of them would have been looking to kind of right, right those wrongs and get the trophy in the cabinet as quickly as possible, probably as easily as possible, ideally with a, a comfortable half-time leader or whatever. Yeah. Um, but to, to go one down in the second half, the the way that they pulled it back was, was admirable. And it, it's just, it just bodes well, it bodes well. Even in the context of the league as well, it's been the odd goal, kind of relatively scrappy victories we've had for it the past five, I think. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're showing a bit of metal. They're showing that they can hang in there. They're showing that they want to win. They want to, you know, play for each other. Yeah. Win games of football. It's a good place to start. I think so. And I think the, the players are showing a lot of bravery and how they're approaching things. But ultimately, it's the guys like Kyogo who are executing at the top end. So, you know, you can do everything. But if you don't have somebody up there that's got that ability and that quality, then, you know, it might come to nothing. <clears throat> but Kyogo is just... I mean, that that first touch for his first goal oh, is frightening. He's kind of... He's half turning at the time. But he just... Oh. Caresses it into his oh, path, magic. and I, some people are looking to blame the goalie. I think he's just given him the eyes and just tucked it away in the, the near post. Keeper, keeper, in my opinion, is thinking to himself, "Where did he come from?" Because Mendy's came through the smoke. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Where did he come from? Yeah. And also, why is Big Portis running the other way? He's on up. <laughs> and I, I, he's I probably he's probably thought it's just some some sort of medical incident. The crowd or something. What the hell's happened here? To give himself the best chance, he's thinking that a, a, a good player like Kyogo is going to go across him. But an even better player reads the keeper. And like you say, just 
takes that takes that chance and it's a great goal it really is it's a brilliant goal so that's in the 52nd minute as mentioned and then the winner comes about 20 minutes later 72nd minute again it's more quick thinking so we've talked about Rodgers and the credit he deserves I think there was a couple of guys hovering over the free kick can we talk about him some more if you like <laughs> and I think he's just nudged whoever it is to the side and just clipped it over the, the top yeah. Hibs are complaining on a couple of fronts they think it wasn't a foul in the first place after Hanlon leathered the badder <laughs> yeah. uh, and they also were maintaining that they were about to make a sub there so hold on a Scott, minute give, Scott Allen didn't have his top off aye, give us a minute lads we'll make I, a sub I'll that's, always get an eye out for Scott Allen his top off, <laughs> his top off. <laughs> but that's not how professional sport works you need to be switched on at all times and it's nobody's fault but their own Absolutely. that they've switched off at that moment in time but it just takes a second or two for Celtic to go from nothing to something and Rodgers' pass and as you say Miff he's just everything else is, is perfect Big Portis was reading the birthday messages up on the big screen, man. That's why they <laughs> were all over wasn't the place. Just wasn't, wasn't paying attention. But see, see that. I mean, the 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 clip for Rogic because you can see Juranovic wants to hit it. Yeah. Big Rogic has just completely pulled rank there and went, no, leave this to me. You, you need that Jura, sometimes. You take need a back seat. And what a ball! Just wait, everything perfect, absolutely perfect. The finish is perfect. The runs perfect. The finish is perfect. It's just, it's just magic. Say and perfect, more. I, I can't. And <laughs> and then I heard t- to make that better, what was even more perfect was a uh, Paul McGinn's interview oh, after the game. Oh, I've seen it. That was just absolutely brilliant. The bottom lip shaking away oh, as well, wasn't it? Was it? Magic. <laughs> absolutely magic. He was fizzing. But I think as well, there's a great, still great picture from obviously when Kyogo scores, he does the knee slide, and it's him and Tony Ralston. Oh. I think they're gazing into each other's eyes. That's it's just brilliant. such oh. a moment, and just everyone came together at that very moment in time. So, what we'll do, let's hear from Ange now as he gives his comments after the game on the journey at Celtic so far and on the responsibilities of managing our club. It's been a hell of a ride so far, you know, and. Uh... We haven't come into this uh, opportunity the easy way, and uh, I'm just so proud of this group of players. You know, they've they've been the most resilient group I've ever come across uh, with what's been thrown at us the last five or six months, and super pleased they get the rewards. And you don't accept this position to to sort of shy away from creating special things, and you know we're still at the beginnings, and and you know we we want to enjoy this because as I said, this group of players has been through an awful lot and yet risen to every channel, challenge, including today. And, um, you know, we just want to keep going. It's what this football club's about. It's what football's, a cl- uh, football's about, you know. As I said, we're just, we're just pass through these clubs, but the people in here, it's generational support. That's, they've invested their lives, their, their kids' lives in this football club, and these are the rewards, and we want to give it to them. Paddy, I'm getting a bit choked up even just hearing that. But uh, what do you think of Angie's comments there and just just the overall message that he's putting across just now? I mean, if anyone's looking for a business idea, it would be to create a book of Ange quotes um, because it would be a top seller. Uh, it's it's just, it, it makes sense of it all, doesn't it? It just, it, it just simplifies it for every single one of us and makes us all kind of rethink why we all follow and love this sport so much, I think. Um Ah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? What about Angie's messaging at the moment? He, do you know what? He's always spoken well when it comes to Celtic. He seems to be getting better every time. <sighs> you mean, give me another couple of minutes. <laughs> that, that, I mean, what a guy. Yep. What a guy. In many ways, he makes it a bit more than the football. He, he, he almost kind of... The football's important. The result's important. The game's important. But it's actually about Celtic. Mm-hmm. And... Sometimes, you know, I know we, we, we actually are kind of laughed at by other fans by how much we go on about 
how much Celtic means to us rather than just being about the, the winning and losing and, and things like that. Generational, he mentioned there. Um, my, my old man passed away 18 years ago. He would normally be my first phone call after we after we won something. And then when you hear that in an interview, when obviously oh, my mind always goes to my dad after a, a game, especially after a, we, we win something. Um, and it, it, it does make you emotional because you think about that and, and, and straight away you go, this guy gets it. Yeah. And to to be led by someone like that, um, to be led by someone who's come in and, and shown true leadership at a time when leadership from top to bottom of the club was sorely lacking. He's come in, puffed his chest out, took all the fact that came his way. I actually think somebody somebody posted the post match interview for the Preston friendly. Yeah. Um, yeah on on Twitter. Uh, and you see him standing there just, you know, didn't shy away for anything. It was fairly Brutal in his assessment of how the game had went, but was also very protective of the, what the players were doing. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that is the guy we've got leading us. I don't think I've ever wanted someone as Celtic manager to do as well as I want Ange to do. You know he was under tremendous pressure for the start. Seemed to be a figure of pretty much ridicule in the mm-hmm. in the press. Mm-hmm. Um, first few games when everybody knew how tough he had it. Yeah, Every, everybody knew that. You know, you could obviously twist the story to suit your agenda depending on where your loyalties lay. But let's be perfectly honest, everybody knew he had a really, really tough ask getting in with the players that he had available and with the lack of support he'd had um, in the transfer market. You know, some could argue we, we did well, but there was still more required even when the league started in August. Tough start, away to Tynecastle, away to Ibrox, tough draws in Europe as well, albeit that Mitchell and should have, should have been dealt with, but all those things combined, it was just so sweet for him to be standing, saying those words yesterday. And I think, out of everything, I was delighted for Kyogo, I was delighted for McGregor, I was actually delighted for Beton as well, you know, he's a guy who's been there for a while. Delighted for Joe Hart, you know, big influence on the game, yep. made big saves, you could see as well how much it meant to him. Naturally delighted for Greg Taylor, celebrating, you know, obviously good practice at George Square last year, you could see that rubbed off in the rest of the team. <laughs> but more, more than anybody else, Delighted for Ange, absolutely Aye. delighted for Ange, and that's it's quite weird because I wouldn't have said when we won any trophies under Rogers, I was delighted for Rogers as such, and I don't mean that in a bad way. That that's no hindsight. I yeah. just, I, you know, I love Rogers as Celtic manager, but I wasn't turning around going, "Oh, I'm delighted for Brendan." Yeah, we we Ange, I'm just really really happy for him, and I just hope, I just pray this goes on to be something. You know, it's a snowball effect and it goes on to be something more. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, Muffin. And I think what Ange does so well is he, he just taps into the psyche of, of Celtic fans. But he does so in a very sincere way. Yeah. I, I think he is absolutely what you see is what you get. And it's just genuine and, and it's passionate. And he's quite understated. He's not a, a ranting and raving kind of guy. Although he can have his moments, mm-hmm. I'm sure, in addressing him. But he's just, just so sincere and it, it just... It ticks all the boxes just now in the eyes of the fans. A hundred percent. I mean, we, we, we look at who's been in charge um, over the last 10 years and obviously we, we know what you get from Lennon. Lennon was um, very much a, a manager that would, you know, show his love and show his like passion to the fans, but also show, you know, this sincerity that it was sort of this side where he would back everything that the board was saying, even if the board were saying you're not getting any transfer money this window mm-hmm. you look at Dyla Dyla was um, probably not the probably not going to be first choice for Celtic manager in the first place yeah. there was a lot of chat about him being Roy Keane's assistant and then Dyla was told he was leaving 
I mean, because I, I'm not entirely sure that because I thought Dyla still done a very good job at Celtic. Rogers came in with a bit of pizzazz, and and you know, you can only believe so much from him when you hear some stories about obviously the Danny McGrain thing being yeah. one thing. Um, but as you look at Ange Postacoglu, he's come in, he's been right up against it from the start, like you've said. Um, and there is just a, a sincerity there, and and everything that he's saying, you are listening. You are taking note of it. It is making sense. And what is happening is it's starting to become fruitful. And it, like one of the big key things in that the note that we heard there was him saying it's it's just the beginning. Yeah. If he gets the players he needs, if he gets continues to get the backing he needs, it is just the beginning. And it's it's looking really, really good for us. Yeah. But to find ourselves so steady so soon is is very impressive. I don't give the board all the credit, I think a lot of it is coming for this guy here. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right, Paddy. Apparently the full clip, he says this is just the beginning and he wants to bring the thunder back to, to <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll hear that next time. Edit, edit that out. Um, <laughs> but we, we've spoken a lot about, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about silver, silverware though. You know, Ange can do what he wants and coach in what way he wants and, and say, you know, various things, but you've got to win, to you know, to be to be deemed successful at Celtic. And we've spoken in recent weeks about that validation that picking up silverware would bring to him and the team. Six of the starting 11 uh, from the Hibs game, they only arrived at the club in the summer. So guys like Joe Hart, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, run right through the team, right up to Kyogo. So it's pretty incredible when you think about it. As you rightfully said, Paddy, some of those guys won't have been winners previously. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Kyogo's played in cup finals or won leagues, I'd, I'd need to check as well. But you know that this is a special moment for them and now they know what it feels like to win and also to win for Celtic and that in itself is quite unique. I think also into the bargain though, it is important that we don't get too carried away by League Cup success and the league is obviously the, the main focus. But Paddy, you mentioned a few weeks ago how important you felt this League Cup victory would be. Do you think it'll have a, a bearing, a notable bearing on how the second half of the season is going to play out? It's huge. It's huge. Um, Miff touched on it at the beginning there. It, it takes the pressure off massively, not just on Ange, but that full team. They know that they're capable of going on and, and, and Clinching success now. Um, if they get the players in in January, which they definitely need, we definitely need more players. We stopped the bleeding at the end of August. There, um, we need we need more players in quickly, um, just to ease the pressure that this team team have got. Um, that's huge. Yesterday, um, one thing I t- took note of as well is another thing that you'd mentioned was that he takes yesterday's celebration, he files it and puts it away and gets on with the next yeah, job. Next. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Good. What do you think, Matt? How important could that success be moving forward? I think it's just a mentality thing. Um, it's been, you know, justification for the, the methods that the manager's using. It tells the players, do what I'm asking you to do and you'll be successful. So straight away, the players are saying, right, OK, let's let's do it, let's get to work. And to be fair, I think they've been doing that up to this point. Yeah. Um, but even more so, even from afar, if players are sitting waiting in the wings, ready to come in, They'll be looking at that saying, yep, that's an upwardly mobile club and a club that I want to join. So it's just the, the knock-on effect that it has. Um, I mean, for, for me personally, just watching Celtic win things, lift trophies is just brilliant. Yeah. You know, so long may it continue, I'll, n- I'll never, ever, ever get sick of it. Yeah, absolutely. What I'd like to point out just now actually is is what a difference a year makes from a, a few points of view here. So if we're actually recording our 50th episode here today, uh, today's the 20th of December, and as it happens, we actually recorded our very first episode back in the 20th of December last year, uh, the same day Celtic won the quadruple treble. So 
Happy birthday to me and you, Muff. Yes. Paddy, you're a, a Johnny come lately success <laughs> seeker. Um, but you don't have to remind us, you know, that despite that success last year, the quadruple treble, things were far from good at the club. Um, you know, and we then went on to record a trophy season for the first time in a long time. Fast forward to now, 12 months on, and I genuinely don't think Postacoglu could have made a, a better start to life at Celtic, you know, given what he inherited back in the summer. So, I mean, Muff, how far do you think we've come in those 12 months, we being Celtic, not me and you? Um <laughs> I think, I think we've, we've come a long way. Um, I think C Celtic have the the means, if they choose to do so, to kind of right the wrongs of a, of a poor season. So, you know, for that point of view, it shouldn't be a hard thing to do. The slight difference here was we'd enjoyed such a long period of success, unprecedented success, that it was always going to sting when it went wrong albeit that you would have hoped that would have been gradual, unwinding over the years rather than the sudden, you know, just the sudden drop-off that we had. But there was reasons for that, mainly due to the poor management from board level and for the coaching staff of the of the first-team squad at a time when true, genuine leadership was needed. I think had Ange been in charge during COVID, for example, it might have been very, very different, but who's, who's to know? Um the progress that's been made, I, I just did not think, did not think we would win the League Cup purely because I thought it would be into next year, and uh, calendar year, I mean, um, before we would see any sort of genuine signs of progress. I think we're ahead of schedule. The signing of Kyogo is a major reason for that. I'd also say the loan signing of Jota is another major reason for that. They've added a level of quality which I didn't think we would be able to obtain based mm. on the, the mess we were in. But it just shows you if you've got the right scouting network, if you've got the right manager there identifying the talent, um, then it goes a hell of a long way to putting you on, on the correct footing again. Um, our, our biggest issue is the fact we're up against a squad, albeit that the, the managers left the... Um, the we're talking about Rangers, sorry, the, the opposition. But their squad's still settled. They're, you know, they've been together for a good few years now. And... I, I thought I thought Van Bronckhorst being appointed if I'm being performance would have derailed them slightly. Mm -hmm. Um but their form's just been equal as good as ours. So that that's that just shows you the task that we still have. Yeah. It shouldn't be seen that, you know, all of a sudden the wheels are going to come off, Rangers and we're just going to steamroll through. We actually need to keep pace with a, with a team that's also shown a high level yeah. of consistency. But January could be the bit where the pendulum fully swings for the point of view of I think Celtic will bring people in. And I think this might be the January where Rangers don't need to sell. Yeah, you might well be right. Um, Paddy Muff mentioned a bit earlier on in the piece that he thought that the victory against Hibs in the League Cup could be the start of something special at Celtic. What do you think we can achieve this season and beyond under Ange? I think a lot of us have been accused, rightfully so at times, of, of getting carried away. But just based on what you've seen the last six months, where do you think this team can go? I generally think we're, we're, we're title contenders this season. Um, I really do, and I think it does come down to January. Um, if we if we get the recruitment right, um, we Stevie made a very good point last night about us looking at obviously some more J League players. The worrying thing is is that they're just coming off the end of a full season, mm -hmm. and obviously we look at the injuries that Kyogo's had. It is from obviously high his high intensity play, but also we've played a full season, so we need to be careful with who we are bringing in. We need players that are going to be fresh and ready because if we're still playing in Europe as well, and I don't want to give Europe up here, I think we, we focus on Europe. Um, again, I think it just keeps this team momentum going. 
And we look at the Scottish Cup and, you know, like I say, you've got the likes of McGregor, even Beaton. I don't think they're saying that they're going to sit and try and hope to just to win the league. Mm -hmm. I think they'll want to take the Scottish Cup as well. And I, and I think that's the mentality and the belief that those players that have done that over the last five, six years, they don't let that go overnight. You know what I mean? Um, I can see us putting up a really, really strong strong uh, push for the title. I do think we can go and win it. Yep. The Scottish Cup, I also think we could do it as well. Europe, let's see how far we can go. Let's go and enjoy it. So a quadruple. That's what you're saying. Big, paddy, big Paddy's got his clean sweep. Absolutely. Good to Paddy. Good to Nah, I'm all for that, Paddy. And I don't think you're far wrong with, with anything you're saying there. Um, so in order to be successful in the league, we obviously need to take care of the remaining games, certainly this calendar year and obviously the one in the 2nd of January. We've spoken at length on the show in the last few weeks about our nine games in December um, and how tough they were going to be. We've now won six of them. All six in the bounce. That includes four league wins, a win v Betis and now a League Cup final win. Uh, overall, just looking back at some of the results, we've actually now won 15 of the last 17 games we've played since Leverkusen beat us 4-0 back at the end of September. The only blips since then have been the nothing each draw with Livy at Celtic Park and the 3-2 defeat uh, in Leverkusen at the end of November. On Wednesday, we've got Sinmar away, COVID pending. I think they've had some issues, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, before we then see out the trip, uh, the year, sorry, with a trip to St Johnston on Boxing Day and then Hibs at Celtic Park in the 29th. So lots of football still to be played, at least this calendar year. We'll speak, Maff, about the 2nd of January in more detail next week, but do you think there's anything stopping Celtic from winning these three remaining uh, 2021 fixtures and mean, make it a clean sweep for the year? Well, based on what you've just said, COVID. Um, other than that, no, based, based on the form we've been in, because I think what we've shown is we're, we're happy to dig in. You know, that, that becomes a mentality where you say, right, you know, sleeves rolled up, just do what we need to do to take the three points and go. We've done that at Dingwall. We've done that at home against Hearts, against Aberdeen, eh, against Motherwell. You know, tough games. Um, I actually thought, in terms of the Motherwell game, Motherwell were, were fairly fairly decent defensively. But we, we just we just kept at it. We moment of magic really with the kind of set piece. Thought against um, against Ross County. Again, a fairly typical pattern emerging in Celtic games is having all the ball, maybe not creating a raft of chances, um, but just digging, you know, finding that moment of quality yeah. when we really need it. And, you know, Ralston, <laughs> what can you say about the season he's had? I mean, it's just ah. un unbelievable. I, you know, I... <laughs> I think one of the early episodes of the season, Tino, you'd have been saying uh, any, any Celtic team that Tony Ralston in it, you, you know, you, you'd just be, I uh, forget about it. Yeah. But now he he's, you know, completely rejuvenated, transformed, whatever whatever terminology you want to use. It's just, uh, it's just phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. And see, when that mentality comes into a team, it's hard to shift. Mm -hmm. And I think that's I know you referenced the second there slightly. That's what makes the second so tantalising is in many ways you're just getting two teams coming together just at the right point when they've they've kind of been bobbing, weaving on the ropes, juking it out, then you get to the second and bang. Yeah. And I'm just hoping I'm just hoping we've got a full house in there. Judging by the way things are going, we might not. Mm -hmm. But I was just hoping we'd get the full house in there because I think if we do I think we'll win. I think you might well be right. What about yourself, Paddy? Do you see any you know, dangers or potential banana skins in those 
let, let's call it the last four games then right up to the second of January second of January will take care of itself but mm. St Mirren St Johnson Hibs who will be galvanised by a new manager Sean Maloney who should should make them better Absolutely um, and you know I want to see me Maloney do well uh, I was a big fan of him uh, both spells at Celtic a great player for us um, but I want to beat them on the 29th obviously um, I think actually each game is is quite difficult because we are coming to the, the end of this run I've spoke about how, how much uh, it's taking out the players I've spoke about just the you know how stretched we've been um, we talk about obviously look We've had a lot of injuries. It was actually a good scene at more of a, a steady side yesterday. But at the same time, we're still fairly stretched. Um, our bench wasn't, there wasn't huge amounts that we could bring on really to do anything else. Um, albeit it was great having Ralston coming on yesterday because he kind of shut up shop for us, especially down in the corner flag at one bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just think that um, each game is... is so important. I think there are there's still chances that we could possibly slip up points. That's just the way our season's going to go for us, I think. Yeah. Um, but we just need to be strong. We need to keep the mentality going the way it's going. And I'm confident enough to say I think we could win them, but I wouldn't be surprised if stuff comes up. That that's see the point point that you made there. I think you look at the next three games, they're all of course they're all winnable, but off the back of the run that we've been on and the circumstances of players that have been available for selection are not available for selection, you know, it would be understandable if the odd point was dropped yeah. here and there. I think St Mirren, St Johnston, you think, well, you should be you should be beating them based, just based in their form. Um, Hibs, slightly different new manager, having just played them in the final, you know, sometimes these can be, you know, you end up a bit of revenge for, for them getting his back, his back at Easter. Is it Easter? No, it's no, it's the Celtic Park. It's the Celtic Park. So, he'll be fired. What was it? Inept? inept. Was that the yeah. inept? Um, <laughs> so, aye, tri tricky games, but listen, that, that's that's what it is. That's what it is. What you say, Paddy, we're contenders. We're in, we're deep into December. We're only four points behind. That I mean, we, we would all have taken that at the start of the season. Yeah, I think you're right. What about obviously we seem to add new injuries every every other game. So Turnbull's the latest. Looks like he might have a spell out. It's not heard any news on that. I also think Kyogo was struggling. You know, he, he wasn't 100 percent to start no, with, no. and I think the last 15 minutes he's played within himself before he's. Uh, I think Andrew's you know, quoted out. saying they've got in some WD40 for Turnbull. <laughs> That's <laughs> a man. Um, I mean, th th that would. I would think lead to a uh, McGregor beat on and Rogic midfield three. Are you happy enough for that? I mean, for these games coming up, uh, they can do the job, you know. But this this is the thing. This is the small things that I've been just kind of starting to see possibly go in their favour. Is obviously Saturday they get to play against the the Dundee United select uh, with all the academy <laughs> players that and they had under on 16s. under sixteens, and then you kind of look at it's just it's could be fortunate enough that they are playing at an empty stadium an empty Celtic Park that will be right up their street you know yeah. they've had no they're not going to have any fans in there anyway so it works out better for them so it's just small things like that we do have to recognise that they have they have settled down after Gerard as well and I think actually him leaving has benefited them yeah. um, I really do um, but they did struggle on Saturday so it, it's going to be a difficult one it's going to be a difficult run I I, I think the, the point about the, the stadium and, and the fans is is a notable one just because it's just I mean how's your luck just when it's coming to that you would have had 60,000 Celtic fans there absolutely yeah. gone tonto and 
just to lose that edge of it is just it's just so unfortunate. Yeah, I mentioned uh, Jota one point just briefly. As a real shame that a player like him, who's done so much to light up our season so far, had to miss out on a, a day like uh, yesterday. He's, I believe, he's been allowed to go home early to Portugal just to continue his rehab there. I'd really love him to be back for the second of January, and hopefully he will be. But as a shame that he missed out on such an occasion. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been pivotal for us this season, hasn't he? Um, just uh and just came straight in, hit the ground running for us. Um, and we seem to just he seemed to be getting better each game, yep. you know, just yep. finding his feet. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the intensity that we're playing at, we've not been able to give players like him the rest that they need. Yeah, yep. Where, where's McCarthy, by the way? <laughs> he was on the bench. Was, was he? he? In the final, but yeah, it's it's a mystery how little football he's played. I think his last game, he played 90 minutes, you know, or a few games ago, and then he's seen out the Betis game, I'm no, sure. Oh no, he limped off. He went off. Anyway. I thought he should have went off and never. Uh, I'm quite sure he played the 90. Anyway, regardless, he he played and done fairly well and then disappears again. Uh, he just cannot get a run and it's that is a bit of a concern, isn't it? No, but again, just for the point of view, you were mentioning there about the midfield, a few of the games would be tailor-made for McCarthy to come in, but he seems to be a player that needs games to get fit. I know what every player does, that's a silly statement, but him in particular needs those minutes in his legs before he can show what he's really about. Yeah. I think, you know, going back to the, the Livy game, I think it was very obvious he went in and he was nearly ready. So... It's almost like you're back to square one, whereas some dot Jota, as we mentioned, comes in, uh, Furuhashi comes in and they're just away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think when you sign so many guys, you sign 12 guys in the summer, they're not all going to be an no, instant success. No. Some definitely have been, and more than we would ever have imagined, uh, and others haven't gone quite so well. And I think McCarthy's definitely in the hasn't gone quite so well bracket. The one guy I, I touched on earlier, talking about, when we were talking about Starfield, but Carter Vickers, for me, has been the one that surprised me the most. Aye. Um, because I'd, I'd seen him playing a couple of times for Tottenham and thought he was, was you know, quite, uh, looked like he had a, a mistake in him, mm -hmm. you know, he looked quite nervy in the ball and stuff like that. Look, looks a very composed player now. Um, st still, every now and then, he's, he's maybe trying a, an ambitious pass that he could he could just knock it knock it square. But uh, on the whole, he's defending in particular. I think he's been really good. I think he's been excellent and he's slotted in with minimal fuss, which has mm -hmm. been a, a great thing aye. to see. Also, just we're starting to wrap things up, I also just want to make mention to, to Nier Beaton. You spoke about him a couple of times, Miff. He picked up his 17th trophy as a Celtic <laughs> player on Sunday. That is incredible. And he's actually proven to be a very valuable member of Angie's team. I think when everyone's fit and available, he doesn't start. But we've seen with the way the injuries have gone, he's, he's played a lot of football this season and he's done pretty well. One thing I would say is that I kind of look at Beaton and I look at... Um, Rogic and just how lean the two of them look. I think they just yep. look a lot sharper and a lot fitter yep. uh, than they have in previous seasons. And it's been a tough one for Beaton. You know, he's been in and out with injury. He's full Celtic career. Um, I have to say, like, I take my hat off to him. I think he's he's come in and done a great job. I still don't know how he was still at the club. I've, yeah. I've always said that. I've said that. And I, I still kind of stand by it. Um, I don't think he is the grade in which we should be looking at. He's not the type of player that's going to see those passes to, to Kyogo, for example. But what he has done in the games that, you know, we've, we've kind of worked our way through this month, he's been steady enough for us. And I, I take my hat off to him for that. Yeah, I think he's done a very important job. I think you need to remember as well, well, I don't think him will forget the Michelin debacle. Um, you know, you kind of have actually taken that. It takes a fair amount to kind of stick happened. it out and come back. Um, 
But I think as as most Celtic fans who have watched Beaton over the years would say, he was getting shoehorned in centre half Aye. more and more often when, you know, I think one of the seasons under Dyer, I think it was Dyer's first season, um, when playing Hogan midfield, he, he was absolutely brilliant. Mm. And he's always got that in him. He's quite a classy player. Mm-hmm. Um, as for Rogic, I mean, geez, I just I just love him. I just love watching him. <laughs> I just love he's just a brilliant football player. And what I, I loved the clips for the, the second goal yesterday. Um obviously Rogic still up in the halfway line. He was taking his time to get down and celebrate. <laughs> but when he did, he just gave Kyogo the biggest cuddle. See like, see just the wee yeah. expression on his face Aye. as if so to say, ah, just brilliant, you know, it was it, it, it was it was it was <laughs> great. Yeah. It was great. I, I just love Rogic fit back in the team. What a player. Do you know what's funny with him? Nobody even mentioned Rogic. You just went back to him off your own back. You? <laughs> no, I think he did. We haven't spoke to him. Did. No, I spoke about him. Wani's did. Wani's did. He's just ingrained in your mind. I did, I did say I wanted to speak more about him and he kind of got ghosted out as well. Another point, <laughs> a very, very quick point I'd like to make is at the start of the season we had Barky, Jacko, Jacko Marcus. I seen through the week that we've got Raldo. Raldo, yeah. Raldo. We've got Raldo. I, that, I like uh, it. I Raldo. Like it. So, yeah. aye. can we just give a wee shout out to Tam Selleck's son for that countdown video and all? Aye. Absolutely Fine brilliant. Outstanding stuff. Outstanding. <laughs> Great content. Muff, as we start to wrap things up for today, what's your final comments for the week and any message for the listeners during this Christmas week? <laughs> uh, my final message. <laughs> Jeez, oh, man. Uh, uh, well, firstly, I'm just delighted we've got a trophy in the bag and also just the fact we keep digging out the results. Long may that continue over the, the festive period and um, Merry Christmas to all our listeners aye, I'll, nice. I'll, I'll still stick with that aye, Merry Christmas Happy Hope Christmas. you all have a good June trips aye. Yeah. Likewise Paddy what's your final thoughts of the weekend uh, if you'd like to put an equally touching Christmas <laughs> message <laughs> uh, Aye um, I, I'm just a happy man today and I think that this is the beginning of stuff for just more, more to happen more trophies under this guy I think he, he, he gets us we get him and it's only going to get better. And I hope everyone has a happy and a safe Christmas as well. There's my try to trump what no, I'm no, saying. No, I'm just, I'd just like to add in. I hope he's all got absolutely steaming. Uh, absolutely. Aye, I join you in that one. If, if you like a drink, obviously. <laughs> what, a, what a fine note to finish on, lads. So, Ange Postacoglu is not just Celtic manager, he's a winning Celtic manager. And we're all hoping and believing that the League Cup trophy is the first of many successes we'll enjoy under him. The run of fixtures between now and the break will go a long way to determining how successful he is in terms of the bigger prize of the Scottish League title, but it's safe to say we're in pretty good hands when it comes to the challenges ahead. My thanks to Miff and Paddy for joining me in today's show, and as always, our thanks to you for tuning in. On this first anniversary of the Celtic Exchange, we'd like to thank you once more for your ongoing support, and please have a happy and safe Christmas when it comes. But in the meantime, and as always, thanks for listening. Merry Christmas, everyone.
Social Podcast Network.